1: no one is automatically a Christian it is a choice and nor can you choose to be neutral you're either on the broad path or you're on the narrow path so Jesus here is saying in effect make a choice either live for God or live for something or someone else
0: and where are you on that continuum this is Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. A daily visit from the church. He is in the uh, book of Matthew, an area called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's calling this particular message, which we begin today, The Golden Rule. If you'd like more information about the church, check them out on their website at highlands.us. That's highlands.us.
1: Matthew presents Jesus as king. Some of the scholars have identified the Sermon on the Mount as the manifesto of the king. A kingdom is where the will of the king takes priority. And if we want to be in the kingdom of heaven, which is also known as the kingdom of God, the titles are used almost interchangeably uh, in scripture, then God's will needs to take priority in our lives. In order for it to take priority, we need to know what that will is. We need to know what God's will is. And that's why we're chosen to study the Sermon on the Mount, because in it, Jesus describes his kingdom and what is expected of citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Now we're coming near the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 7, Jesus has talked about the differences, the difference between being critical, legalistic, and judgmental, or having discernment. And we're not supposed to be judgmental and critical, but we are supposed to exercise discernment. We're also supposed to get the plank out of our eye before we try to help somebody else get the speck out of theirs. We need to fix things in our own life before we try to fix things in others. Verse 12 is the golden rule, which summarizes not only this portion of the Sermon on the Mount, but the entire Sermon on the Mount. And from this point on, Jesus calls for decision and issues a series of warnings intended to keep his listeners from falling by the wayside through unbelief, apathy, deceit, hypocrisy, or discouragement. Jesus was telling his hearers, keep on, don't fall by the wayside. If you keep on, one day you will see that gate clearly and pass through to eternal life. Reading from verse 13, "'Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few.'" Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. One of the most dangerous things that is taught today and people believe is that all roads eventually lead to heaven. And that is not true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is what Jesus is stressing as he brings this sermon uh, to a conclusion. He's instructed his followers in the way to live in order to have a blessed life. He has uh, reaffirmed his, uh, the importance of the Old Testament. Uh, he explains that uh, true righteousness is not merely out- outward conformity to certain rela- uh, regulations. And he's clarified chief areas of Christian service. He's He even talked about the relationship between we as believers and the world, and he summarizes his teaching in The Golden Rule. And now he concludes his sermon by insisting that the only way to heaven is by obedience, which he describes as building on his words. All other ways lead to destruction. So this concluding section of the sermon is taken up with distinguishing the difference between real discipleship and some kind of false discipleship in a short four short paragraphs Jesus calls for a wholehearted commitment to himself. The the sermon here ends with four warnings each with paired contrasts. There are two ways, there are two trees, there are two claims, and there are two builders. And so Jesus here is warning about four things that can keep a person who has heard the gospel from from committing themselves to the Lord. Now we're going to look at the first two today and then should the Lord Terry we plan to look at the second two when we come together next week. But the first warning is this false notion that a person can simply drift into Christianity without making a decision concerning Jesus Christ. And the second warning is against listening to any and every teacher without exercising discernment. Because Jesus says there are false prophets in this world and if a person listens to them and follows their direction, that person can actually be led away from the truth and the source of salvation. So let's look at what Jesus said more closely. Verse 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it... Are few. So Jesus here is calling now for a decision. He's preached the sermon and he's saying, okay, it's time to make a decision. God gives opportunities for people to make a decision. God gave Adam and Eve the opportunity to make a decision if they were going to do it God's way or some other way in the garden. And Adam and Eve chose to partake of the forbidden fruit. Moses said to the people, See, I have set before you this day life and good and death and evil. Therefore, choose life. That you and your descendants may live. Joshua said, Choose you this day whom you will serve. Jeremiah heard the voice of God saying to him, Say this to the people Thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. So throughout the Bible, God calls upon mankind to make a choice. And Jesus is confronting mankind with a choice in this passage. He's saying, There's a broad way, there's an easy way. There's many who take that, but the end is destruction. And then there is a narrow way, a hard way. There are few who take it, but it leads to life. Jesus here is calling for a decision. If you're an unbeliever who has heard the gospel, you must not stop short of receiving salvation, thinking that you can simply continue along the same path that you've been following. If you're not on the way towards Christ, you're on the way from him. You will either come to salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ or to eternal destruction. Jesus said, enter in at the narrow gate. The parallel passage in Luke's gospel puts it, make every effort to enter through the narrow door. So Christ is not merely preaching about listening to the preaching or studying this door. He's talking about entering the door. That means entering into Christ. Now the idea that a person has to make a decision to become a Christian may seem strange to some who think that they're Christians because they inherited that from their parents who were Christian or because they were born and raised in a so-called Christian nation or because they're not Jewish or Muslim or pagan So they think that they must, therefore, be Christian. But no one is automatically a Christian. It is a choice. And nor can you choose to be neutral. You're either on one road or the other. You're either on the broad path or you're on the narrow path. So Jesus here is saying, in effect, make a choice. Either live for God or live for something or someone else. The way to God is narrow. We do things for God, God's way, and for his glory. But the alternative is very easy and very wide. In fact, you can do whatever you want. But that path leads to destruction. And there's something we ought not miss here that Jesus points out because we live in a society today when it is common to measure something as right based on how popular or how common it is. If people are doing it, a lot of people are doing it, then it must be right, is the way the philosophy goes. What Jesus points out here is that the majority is not always right. And the fact that, quote-unquote, everybody is doing it is no proof that what they're doing is right. So then what is this narrow gate or narrow door, and what is this narrow way that leads to life? And the answer is that this gate and way are the Lord Jesus Christ. They're both the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 10, Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And in John 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus here is speaking of himself. The way is Jesus. Now the backstory is this. You and I have sinned. We've sinned in little ways, big ways. It doesn't matter because any sin keeps us from God. And unless we get that sin removed, we're never going to enter into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The punishment for sin is to be separated from God. But God has provided a solution through Jesus Christ. Our Savior and Lord, he went to the cross as a substitute for us. He died not for his own sin because he didn't have any, but for our sin. And God doesn't punish the same sin twice. So if you believe that Jesus died for you, you acknowledge him as your substitute, your Savior, then God will remove your sin forever. And it would be correct then to say that you've passed through the narrow way and through the narrow gate into salvation. Now notice here that Jesus calls the narrow way hard. Heriskomai is the word. And it always, always refers to persecution. What he's saying is the way is hard because it's the way of persecution and opposition. If we are truly living for Christ, we can expect to be persecuted. The way is narrow. The way is hard. Now having... Thus made it clear that the way is narrow and hard. It's important for us to not be misled by false prophets. Verse 15, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits.
0: Well, if you want to read ahead, just go to the book of Matthew in the New Testament, the seventh chapter, the fifteenth verse. Reread what Pastor Leighton just shared and continue on. We'll be back with more at this same time right here on this station. I hope you can join us. This is Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us. And come back tomorrow when we'll once again open the Word of God and study Verse by Verse.